This is Roof English Radio with Darenata, daily English language radio from Iceland's national broadcaster, Roof. This is Roof English Radio. Hello, I'm Darren Adam. Thanks very much for your company. I'm going to do something today that I must admit I don't do terribly often, and I probably should do more of it, and that is to walk, and to walk around the city centre in Reykjavik. I'm in the company of Tom Fremantle, who is, I think it's fair to say, no stranger to walking. Long story short, and we'll get into the detail, Tom. I have walked since 2018 roughly 18,000 kilometres, so um, converting that into miles. Are you good at maths? Stick with kilometres. Okay, it's we'll a bigger see. number. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why I use them, yeah. So over 18,000 kilometres, yes. Why? Um, lots of reasons. Um, I've been accused of being a bit bonkers. That's one of them. Um, but essentially what I'm really trying to do with my walk is to spread trust. I found I've been very lucky to travel in my younger years. I'm 57 now. Mm. And um, I wanted to see as a uh, older fellow traveling if the same if the same great experiences yes. would happen to me on the road that they did when I was younger. And actually, they have. So one of the reasons, I think, to walk, what, you have to take whatever the road throws at you. Yes. If you're on a motorbike, if you're traveling by faster means, you can choose to go an extra 50 kilometers. But if you're walking, your batteries are dead at the end of the day. Yeah. So you just have to take what the road throws at you. And I wanted that serendipity of the road. I mean, sometimes it's going to be tough. Sometimes great things happen. Let's go back to the beginning then and the start of the walk and your reasons for doing it, some of which you've touched on. But this is also about raising funds for good causes Indeed. too, isn't it? Yeah. So I'm raising money for various charities. I started off the walk by raising money for three UK-based charities, but the last swathe of this walk, including Iceland and the UK, will be for Siobhan's Trust, which are doing incredible humanitarian work out in Ukraine. Um, a friend of mine called David Fox Pitt, who is ex-army, he's now taken a, a pizza van out to the Ukraine and basically handing out pizzas, hot drinks, uh, blasting out music, handing out footballs, and going to very war-torn areas and just trying to spread a bit of hope. Uh, it started off very small. They've now got six pizza vans. They're always looking for volunteers. And it's a very small, focused charity doing just terrific humanitarian work. Okay. Well, we're in the centre of Reykjavik, appropriately enough, outside Café Hornith, the uh, pizza restaurant in the centre of town. Let's actually go then for a walk. Does this count to... I should check with your support here, Matt. Does this count towards his total? Not today. Not today. It's, it's strictly monitored. <laughs> <laughs> Not today. Okay, so what have you seen of the capital and what have you seen of Iceland? So far, we, we arrived yesterday. Okay. So we've driven from the airport, very dramatic views from the airport, I have to say, and we're staying in uh, Reykjavik camping, um, which is a great little spot. And we've just walked through town today. Um, you know, nice atmosphere. We've had a coffee, uh, had a panoraison, but looking forward to sampling some Icelandic um, specialities later on. So you flew in, yeah. but you're getting the ferry out, I think. That's correct, yeah. So I've got to catch the ferry. We've got to catch the ferry on November the 15th. So that gives me a bit of a deadline to, to walk across Iceland. Right, now let's get into that detail because the ferry terminal, the international ferry terminal, is of course at Sedisfjörður, which is on the other end of the country. You're going to Blundius, I think. That's correct. So we're starting off at Blundius. I hope I said that roughly right. And then we're trying to get to the, the ferry terminal, which begins with S and has a very long lane. Seydisfjörður. Um And it's over 400 kilometres. So we've yes. got a bit of a deadline. We're hoping the weather is terrific at the moment. It's very mild. Getting into, of course, November, getting into winter. Are you worried about the weather and the prospects? 
Well, I mean, you have to take whatever the road throws at you. So, for example, we've just finished walking through New Zealand, and there, one day... <laughs> so casually. Yeah, <laughs> one day there, there was actually a, a storm warning. I mean, my phone literally went off, bleeping with this alarm, and said, you, you know, a storm is very... And actually, we, we kept on walking, thinking, yeah, obviously, if it gets really serious, we'll stop. Yes. It was lashing down with rain. But you just sort of keep on going. As long as you've got somewhere to dry your clothes out at the end of the day, yeah. Yeah. it's OK, you know. So you, I think, unless it's incredibly severe, um, we'll keep on walking. So all you've seen then, really, of Iceland thus far is the drive-in from Keplavik. I think, and I've not been to New Zealand, but friends in New Zealand tell me to watch out for these similarities. You may well spot some geological similarities between New Zealand and Iceland as you walk around. I think so. I mean, they're both sort of quite underpopulated countries, both with incredibly striking landscapes. And certainly, you know, that little stretch I've seen so far from the airport, there were parallels with yeah. New Zealand there. You might even just see another volcanic eruption. If you're heading north, I don't think you'll see terribly much anyway, but you might yet see something pretty dramatic. Well, hoping to see the northern lights. I know they yes. haven't been very visible recently, but that would be a real bonus. Let's get some stories then of your journey so far. I mean, we could fill an hour, we could fill a day, I imagine, with what you've experienced as you've walked 18,000 kilometres, I think you say. Well, what has stuck out in your mind? I think what stuck out is, um, you know, I think you can travel the world and you can have preconceived ideas of certain countries. And sometimes those preconceived ideas can just be blown out of the water. So, for example, Lebanon was one country I went through. I was expecting it to be very tricky. It, its politics is incredibly turbulent. It actually proved to be one of my favorite countries of the journey. So things like that, enormous uh, amounts of kindness were shown to me. I walked through America at the beginning. America, there was a lot of people who were sort of slightly suspicious of what I was doing at times. Um, and it, it took time to break down barriers, but I was shown immense kindness. There was one incident, I was probably stopped in America by the police about over 50 times, and I haven't been stopped actually anywhere else uh, by the police, except one time in Bulgaria where a policeman wanted to take a selfie. Okay. Um, but generally the police in America actually were doing it, you know, to see if I was okay. But there was one particular incident where I was uh, walking along in Texarkana. Yes. Um, which is quite a rough and ready town. It was late at night. I was trying to get to the campsite I was staying and my buggy, it was raining, so I'd wrapped my buggy in black bin liners and suddenly a, one police car pulled up in front of me with a blue light flashing and then two more behind and a, a cop sort of came up holstered, you know, yes, with, the, yes. with the fingers on the gun and immediately said, sir, will you put down your carriage? That was the way they phrased carriage. it. So my, my hiking okay. buggy, it was my hiking <laughs> buggy, but they called it a carriage. Which yes. I so I, I put it down immediately, put my hands up, and <laughs> they'd had a report that somebody was traveling around um, with a dead body. Okay. So, so I, immediately, I actually started laughing at this, <laughs> and then they had to take the whole buggy apart um, and it was just full of sort of dirty laundry and camping kit and a couple of books. So to be clear you didn't have a dead body. I didn't. I had two. No I didn't. I didn't have a dead <laughs> body. Um, and so actually it all, and then they ended up sort of wanting selfies and having a bit of a laugh about it so it all ended well but <laughs> yeah. And this is one of the final places that you're visiting I think isn't it Iceland. I'm tempted to say that you wanted to leave the best to last. Indeed, you know, I've always wanted to come here. Um, I mean, Iceland was on the way back to the UK. I haven't really travelled anywhere 
um, in sort of Arctic conditions, and I thought it would be, you know, it's, a, it's always held a fascination for me. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it. Well, we're walking up Arnorhot at the moment in the city centre. Had you been here just a couple of days ago, the women's strike was taking place when the pretty much the entire female and non-binary population of Iceland went on strike for the first time as a full strike since 1975, the first time it happened. Anyway, this entire hill and all of the land that you can see around it was absolutely filled with people striking. Estimates of 100,000 people in this area, about a quarter of the population. Amazing. I I did read the last time this had happened was back in 1975. 1975. 1975, and then it was fairly unique to Iceland. Yes. And and again, it's been unique. So, you know, good on the ladies. Let's walk up a little bit further so you get a a view of the city and Harper, the conference hall and concert hall directly to our left, and a lot of new buildings that weren't here 20, 30, 40 years ago, back in 1975. Can you hear how unfit I am, by the way? There's a bit of gasping going on, I have to say. Do you want us on the walk? Well, actually, I'll bring Matt in on this because you're offering support throughout this expedition. What does that role involve? Well, just to be clear, um, only the last 5%, because, as Tom mentioned, the, um, the World Walkers and Runners Association only allow 5% to be supported. So I joined him in New Zealand, um, where I have a son and Tom has a daughter, so it's all very apt. Yes. Um, it involves being his tour manager, his logistics, his chef, um, making life easier <laughs> for him because he's pretty exhausted now. <laughs> well, that's fair enough, I think, because you are doing all of the... And you don't do the walking with him, do you? I, I Sometimes, depending on the conditions and yeah. where we are, I'll walk out five kilometres and walk back to the vehicle, um, then go to meet him yeah. at the end of the day, depending on yeah, yeah. where and where... When and, where we are. and how exhausted does this leave you then, Tom? You have you have days where you're absolutely knackered yeah. um, and your batteries are dead. Um, but then, you know, something perks you up again. I mean, you always keep going. So I think, you know, it, I'm really lucky to be doing this walk and it's the fulfillment of a dream and many people don't have the chance to do this sort of thing. So I want to be true to all, all of those dreams in a sense and, yeah. and make the most of it. And it's got a sort of, I think it's a dual thing. It's It's, it's sort of a little bit ridiculous and incredibly magical at the same time, somewhere in between. And um, I think, you know, that keeps you going. Just the fact that every day is different. Um, it's a huge privilege to talk to so many different people, see so many different landscapes. Yeah. And But I am getting quite worried now. I'm, I'm looking forward to the end where okay. I plan to sit down and eat donuts. Yeah. Well, enjoy the ferry trip. It's a bit of a convoluted journey you have to go on because the ferry, as you probably now know, doesn't stop in the UK. It'll take you to Denmark and then you're going home from there, I think. That's correct, yeah. yeah. So we, we're catching the, uh, the ferry to Denmark. Uh, it, there was another ferry we were due to link up with, which would take us to Holland, but that ferry company is sadly gone bust. Okay. So we'll have to take public transport. And then I'm walking from Harwich um, in England to London, which will take about four or five days. And that will be the final step then? That is absolutely the final few steps, yeah. Trafalgar Square in London. Right. Where did you actually start then? What was the start point? I started the, the walk in San Diego in America, That's because you have to start at, at a coastal region. I mean, there's various rules with yes. the world runners and walkers. Did you walk, you wouldn't have walked across the dateline, would you? But you will have traversed it at some point. I've traversed it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Well, listen, enjoy the rest of your time in Iceland. It's only just begun, of course. Enjoy the walk. If anyone's listening to this and they want to support you and support the charities that you mentioned, how can they do that? So the best way is I have a website called tomsworldwalk.com. That's tomsworldwalk.com. 
www.chivalrecovery.com and if you go onto that um, it gives instructions of how to donate to Siobhan's Trust which are doing such great work out in Ukraine at the moment yeah okay well have a fantastic trip what is left of it as I say what will you do with your days once you get back to Trafalgar Square and you don't have to walk somewhere the next day what will you do <laughs> well Matt will tell you <laughs> I, I have been eating so much on this trip I, I eat everything that moves um, pies cakes I'm, I've, I've, and so I, I've really, I'm, I'm a little bit worried I'm going to look like Henry VIII in about, uh, about a month. Um, but I'll keep myself busy. I'm, I'm a teacher. I'll go back to teaching. Um, I'm going to write about this, this journey. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I think to hit the ground running and, and, you know, get busy with other things apart from walking. On the walking side, as I said before, happy to sit down and eat donuts. <laughs> right. Well, we have the Icelandic twist on the donut here, of course, which is the cleaner. You have that with coffee first thing in the morning, you'll be good to go. Um, what is that? Could you just give me a quick description? It is, well actually I said it's a twist on the donut. It is a twisted donut, in fact. I'm looking forward to having one of those tomorrow morning for breakfast. Tom, thank you. Matt, thank you very much. Great, thanks Aaron. And all the best to both of you. As you said, Tom, details on your website if someone wants to assist and support and we'll place a link to that website on the page that accompanies the show from Ruve English Radio. I'm Darren Adam. Get in touch anytime by email. We are english at ruv.is. There is more from Ruve English with all the news from Iceland in English at ruv.is slash English. Roof English Radio is a daily English language radio from Iceland's national broadcaster, Roof.